0: my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Y'all, I am so excited because today for our Masterclass episode, we have Rayanne Bryce-Davis, who has been hailed by the New York Times as a striking mezzo soprano, and I could not agree more. Really, this is just a dream of mine to be able to talk to her, and I think that you're going to feel the same way. So Rayanne has sung Verdi, has sung Mendelssohn, has sung Donizetti, has sung all over the world, has sung in amazing operas, art song, oratorio, and she's just such a delight. So I'm not going to belabor this anymore, I'm going to get right into it, and here we go with our masterclass episode, with Rayanne Bryce Davis. And here we are. Yay! Welcome to Studio Class. This is one of our Masterclass episodes. I am so excited to talk to you. So thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about you first? You can also tell us where you are right now in the world, and then give us just a little bit of
1: your professional trajectory in classical music. Sure, so right now I'm in Antwerp, Belgium, um, which has turned out to be kind of my artistic home um, up to this point at least. Um, I started out in the States, I went to undergrad at University of Texas Arlington, and then I went to Manhattan School of Music for grad school. And then I, you know, did a bit of the young artist life, um, did several regional companies Fort Worth, not, excuse me, not Fort Worth, uh, Florida, Michigan. Fort Worth <laughs> I, is I'm like, from, oh, did we have,
0: like, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you can say, you can totally say. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I live by Fort Worth, yeah. but I am not at Fort Worth, but anyway, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> ah, as I throw my phone, that's neither here nor there, um, uh, yeah, so I did lots of those. Then I kind of uh, flew out into the world and did all the competitions that I could possibly uh, get to yeah. without breaking bank. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. I had yep. an opportunity to do a, a, a tour of Porgy and Bess for six weeks. So I did that and it was in Europe. So I did that, literally went to the grocery store and would just buy like bread and peanut butter and be like, this is my meal for the next six weeks, yep. saved every single dollar. <laughs> and then that's how I like traveled and, and did all the competitions for four months after that. Wow, um, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, that paid off and I won some big competitions in, in Vienna and and in Istanbul, randomly enough, wow. um, I met the intendant of the opera company here in Antwerp, Opera Ballet Vlaanderen. Mm. Um, so, so they've been amazing. I had a life decision that I wanted to stop doing young artist programs at the age of 30. mm mm-hmm. That was just, I had a five-year plan and, and that was my cutoff. Yeah. So when I was 29, I sang for absolutely nobody. I was like, no, I'm starting my solo career now. <laughs> nobody was offering me <laughs> jobs. But... No, we're, we're totally going to talk about that because I think I
0: I know the power of us making our own like our own thresholds for things. And so I'm so curious if you could talk a little bit more about maybe what inspired that decision, you know, for you to say this time. I'm starting my professional, I'm pro- starting my professional solo career, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Um, well, uh, 30 is such a, such an important year as a mm-hmm. singer, you know, and there are so many people can have different paths mm-hmm. and some people are discovered late in life and, uh you know or find their way to opera later later in life and 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 that's absolutely a valid path so i don't want to negate that at all right um but for myself i had i made the cut i was always very practical about my singing <laughs>
0: uh
1: before i before i became a singer i made my teacher swear to me that she thought i could make it like it was a practice wow, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like i need this you, you you need to sign off on this
1: right <laughs> yeah right. Um, and she did, which is insane. But anyway, so when I was when I when I was making my intentions, I was like, thirty seems like a very important age. A lot of young artist programs are cutting off at 30, a lot of competitions are cutting off at 30. By the time I am 30, I want to have already done my young artist programs, and that will be my change into being a professional artist. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and so that's that's just what I decided when I was finishing out at Manhattan School of Music. I had a five-year plan that said I was, um, I think I said I was doing two years of young artist programs. Mm-hmm. Then for the next two years, I was going to be singing uh uh, because in essence that's small roles in big houses mm-hmm. so you know in my head I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the Lindemann and uh maybe you know uh LA or Houston you know if, <laughs> if, if I'm not tired of them yet you know I got into none of these programs <laughs> but, but but anyways none, nonetheless I sang my small roles in, yeah. in decent houses yeah and and then the next two years were for singing big roles in small houses. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to be doing, and then by year five, I was going to be a superstar.
0: That
1: yep. was what was <laughs> Well, <laughs> so, my you... is
0: what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Goals <laughs> accomplished, done.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think I'm on like year seven of my five year plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly. <laughs> But but honestly, like some things took longer than I thought, but I'm heading very clearly following yeah. the path that I set.
0: Yeah, right, right. Um You had you had mentioned you know as part of the planning and kind of your setting your intentions, and that's one of the things that I like to talk about during masterclass episodes. Is we always start our and one of the things that I do when I'm teaching lessons is with my students. We always say, "What's your intention for this lesson?" But for masterclass episodes, I always ask you know my guests. I say, what's an intention that you're keeping right now for yourself?
1: Um, I think I'm trying uh, to use all the efforts that I can and resources that I can to create opportunities for young Black singers or composers or, uh, you know, the gamut administrators, like whatever I can to. I had to work so hard, um, and didn't necessarily receive that much help. And mm-hmm. so I want to always offer any insights that I received or that I like figured out on my right. own. <laughs> um, so, and you know, I'm, I'm nobody's famous anything but if someone asks me I always want to like know who's available so I can give somebody opportunities so I, I would say that that's that's a clear intention that I'm that I'm um working with right now I love
0: that is there is that a part of your work with Black Opera Alliance that you feel
1: connected to it in that way um I think it's that intention that shaped uh like but <laughs> Black Opera Alliance at, in its inception um and the early years was a very small team mm-hmm. of <laughs> of us who are really hustling to make that happen yeah and um And all of us had that intention and that therefore became the Black Opera Alliance in its current form. So so you asked, did Black Opera Alliance create that? And I think it's all of our intention to change this about the the industry that then became the mission of Black Opera Alliance. I
0: love that. Can you talk a little bit more about your work maybe through Black Opera Alliance or like how how that is manifesting for you right now?
1: Sure. Um, I mean there's so many uh, so many exciting things happening the the pledge was released to the industry so many uh, companies have have signed on Great. we're getting ready to release the list in a in several weeks yeah. um, we've hired a new marketing director so Yay. I'm very excited for everything to be super legit and, and we have a new website and new you know strategy coming We won this grant with the Sphinx Venture Fund. Yes,
0: yes, congratulations.
1: So it's just, there's so many exciting things happening. And while some people are always kind of slow to join, jump on the bandwagon, I think with now the way the world is, Mm -hmm. we want to see our community on stage we want to see mm-hmm. our stories on stage and yeah. no one is okay with just you know seeing a period piece of bohem <laughs> everywhere every, every five seconds <laughs> you know so so where are we are we are on in- no we're done with in- what's happening with BOA? that's what's happening all the excitement we're just doing the hustle um i love it i love it <laughs> So I'm going oh, to. Oh, oh, yeah. Go oh, ahead. I thought of the other one. I thought of the other one. Yeah. There's also a partnership with um, TRG Arts. Yeah. A, right, a research firm that is um, going to take the the kind of the data that mm-hmm. these companies have made pledges towards, mm-hmm. and then keep them accountable that's and, so important. Right. So then yeah. we've the data as an industry which is so missing yeah. so we actually know where we are and next year has it improved yes. and we have the markers. Right. So that's very- I'm sure
0: we've all experienced that I think especially in this last year where we're seeing a lot more people making statements about you know their commitments and and then asking ourselves okay but where's the accountability? where is their action? Are we taking the steps? And, and that's, that's so important and being able to measure something, you know, and so not, not every single part of it is, is the the quantifiable measurable stuff, but where it is, we need to focus on that, you know, and, and, and just stay accountable, stay honest about the work that we're doing, you know, because I think we all want to, we all want to live in an industry that reflects, like the the best most diverse most equitable sense of our community and like our lives right and so yeah i'm with you i'm i'm so excited that that part is happening
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i mean right now i'm reading the uh the inclusion revolution yeah um, which is really exciting and and adds a nice perspective on the on the whole issue of equity and diversity and things in that it benefits the company financially Mm-hmm. to create mm-hmm. stages and 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 administration and boards that yeah. are inclusive oh yeah and and so it's like literally everybody wins when this everybody happens. wins yes yeah <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> it's yeah it's heartbreaking when you hear it framed other than that and you're like no right. no i i promise you everybody wins in this right. scenario <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> literally. literally. Well, Ryan, I was saying that I'm, I'm going to pivot ever so slightly, but you know, if there's anything else about intentions that comes through as we're talking, these are fluid categories of things. So feel free to just say, Oh, Hey, I've got this other one I want to talk about, but I am so curious to hear if you have a technical skill, usually I'm thinking like kind of could be vocal technique. It can be any sort of just basically hard skills. What's a technical skill that you
1: love to teach? Mm-hmm. Um, I always have kind of three basics. And if mm-hmm. I'm doing those three things, then I will be successful. Um, and they're so simple, but of course they're so complicated. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you spend your whole life working on those three.
0: Right. <laughs> Foundational.
1: Uh, right. Right. And, and that whole number one is obviously just allowing air to come through.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and then uh without getting in all the nooks and crannies and whatever 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 and then and then the one that I'll talk about is when is well number two is support yeah yeah and number three is speaking yeah. or keeping the momentum going throughout the line and so mm-hmm. I'll say I'll, that's what I'll say for my one um thing is I like to le- work very clearly on um sometimes counting through mm-hmm. a phrase so uh da, 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 is is maybe your melody so i'm like one two three for one two three four 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 yeah and I some people it. will say that it's the vowel repeated but mm-hmm. for me that 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 always just made me go like ah this <laughs> <laughs> is not healthy for anybody <laughs> so so i'll do it with counting or i'll do it with um staying rhythmic here yeah because you, and like some you, subdivisions right right yeah. subdivisions yeah. is literally thank you for coming with the, the well the
0: and also because i'm sure somebody is going to listen to this on the podcast and i'm like <laughs> i want you to be able to see that like rayon's like tapping the subdivision yeah. of like of that of that line and keeping the right. vitality i think through that right. that's what i love about right. that yeah Absolutely good. I love that. Can you talk to me a little bit more about your, like how you think about support?
1: Um, so I would say supporting is basically not collapsing. You work so hard to allow the breath to come in. And then the goal is to keep the things where they were when the air came in. so it comes in I think mostly about rib cage the back of your rib cage is Mm -hmm. is all I think about I don't care about what's happening in the front
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. if I have big issues with nerves um but the one thing that I can always depend on and have complete control over is keeping my rib cage open yeah yeah and that to me is support so whether I'm terrified or feeling fine I can I can open the rib cage and if that's open it's harder to close here which is mm-hmm. normally what happens with nerves is like <laughs> okay. getting really tight like laryngeally and like all exactly. through the neck and stuff like that yeah it, totally but if I'm focusing on keeping the rib, rib cage open here naturally will stay more open yeah. so that to me is support is just keeping the space open
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and i love what you said about the back ribs
0: especially like allowing yourself to really connect with that in a sense where you're like, I know what what's happening all throughout my support through my body, right? Having that body awareness, like you mentioned. Can you tell me a little bit about like strategies for dealing with nerves over time? I think that we all have, have experienced that and different types of nerves, different types of things that maybe trigger our Anxieties about performing or about you know being critiqued or anything like that. What are some of those experiences that you've had or things that strategies that you might have developed along the way? Mm-hmm.
1: So number one will always be being really prepared. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and part of being prepared is of course having uh a technique that at least you can plan on, mm-hmm. but um that um that you count on sorry um and and I don't know that I'll ever necessarily get to the place that'll be like I'm gonna open my mouth and it's gonna be glorious <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had that confidence it's always like fight or flight yeah. <laughs> like are you gonna croak or are you gonna like make pretty sounds who knows no. <laughs> but I've got gotten- but i but I've gotten much better as I've settled into my technique that like at least if I breathe and if I keep the space open and I don't decide to like um flake, cause mm-hmm. fight or flight if I don't yeah. take flight yeah, I like,
0: don't take flight
1: <laughs> it's gonna be fine if you breathe support and speak, it's gonna work yeah um. So so that would be number one is is to is to build a technique that you can count on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um number two, I would say I have a whole ritual. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's fight or flight, I will choose to fight. Mm-hmm. And the fighting doesn't have to be an aggressive fight, because then that's gonna be a bunch of tension. Mm-hmm. Um and so the way that I create the healthy version of fight. Is by having a playlist that yeah. puts me in that place. So I like an hour before a show. I mean, of course, different from opera and and concert because in one you have in concert you have your own space to like do your own makeup and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But in any case, like and whenever I have an hour free by myself, I am mm-hmm. jamming. Like it is like a dance party in my yes. dressing. Room. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> like it's super. It's super energy. It's super energy. Then like. 30 minutes before curtain um it starts to calm down and get into more like it also depends on the role that I'm doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but most of my roles are like (laughs)
0: Um, bringing your best intense self to that role
1: (laughs) so uh so like 30 minutes I'm getting more like like powerhouse ballads going into it and then and then ten minutes before ish, I have one song mm-hmm. that puts me in the exact place that I want to be where I'm feeling inspired and I'm feeling grounded and I have my headphones on and that's I'm just living in that vibe. I'm living in that mm-hmm. vibe and nobody's speaking to me because I have my headphones on, mm-hmm. which would like, mm-hmm. mess with me. Mm-hmm. This is better, especially important like. I developed this when I was doing competitions because competitions mm-hmm. are one of the most stressful places ever. Right. And there's singers around who are like, oh my gosh, did you see did you see what how was yours? Oh my gosh, I was so terrible. Oh my goodness, it's so scary in
0: there. It's like pillows. Blah, blah. Like, Too much chatting. That's what it is.
1: <laughs> you don't need any of that. All no. of that just adds stress. And yes. so I have my headphones on. Sometimes I'm a total weirdo. I'm like standing like in a corner.
0: Mm-hmm. Lunch- mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, you're like, I will be here, this corner and I are together. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like,
1: right. Right. Yeah. But I get to that place and I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I walk towards the stage. And right before going on, I throw my headphones off yeah. and my phone and I'm like on with yeah. my energy, the energy that I've owned and created.
0: Yes, yes. I think that's beautiful. Such a beautiful way of putting it because you're really isolating. What are the things that help you feel like you said, grounded, expansive, you've got that, you've got your energy harnessed in that way. You're like, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. I would imagine it's, some people probably can't listen to music before they're about to do musical things, but I I love that that's one of them for you, which is like that you can be in that space and the music is inspiring, doesn't pull you away from what you're about to do. Right. Well, I mean,
1: music is one of the few things that overrides the the, the amygdala and the blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> people have the technical terms but it can override things and go straight into your feelings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so if you if the feelings are correct then it it takes care of everything else
0: yeah I love that that's great <laughs> <laughs> and I I do also really resonate with what you're saying about getting to the point in your life where you have a technique that you can rely on I have had younger, you know, either students or, or colleagues or something like that ask about, you know, when do the nerves go away? And you're like, oh, no, (laughs) bless you. (laughs) But it's because you've gotten, I think you've gotten to a place where you are so confident with the, the work that you've put in, you know, you can rely on the technique, you know, that if you're you're able to create the sounds you want to create in a certain way that starts to override any nerves that are there because you're like, well, I just got to stay focused on this, this side, the things I can control. I know that this is available to me. If something's going sideways, I have enough experience with my instrument to, to say, Oh, I might need, I have to remember my back ribs. I need to remember to kind of like free myself of, tension you know in my laryngeal area or jaw or something like that what are my techniques for doing that right. you know and so that's so much about that learning process about our voices about our bodies can really help so part of that preparedness is also being prepared I think technically or just learning more and more about your instrument right right also yeah. knowing
1: the music yes yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think about that a lot with like especially being in more new music stuff and and just getting pieces that there's you are the performance practice for it right nobody's ever performed this before and you're like well gotta learn how this goes okay cool (laughs)
1: that's that's real and that's and one of the things i would throw into that is when you are young and you have time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is the time to learn how to learn music. Mm. Can you talk a little bit
0: more about that for me?
1: Well, I was really fortunate when I was at MSM. I had, I took contemporary opera ensemble, Mm -hmm. with Miriam Charney. And in learning how to perform these crazy, seemingly impossible contemporary pieces, Mm -hmm. you therefore have to have tools to learn that. Um, and then therefore when you go back to traditional opera it's just like
0: yeah (laughs) you're like oh I can learn this like lickety-split cool
1: right Um, but she would talk about um, really writing in the beats for your music very clearly Mm -hmm. knowing like lining it up with the piano so you know exactly When you're singing this, the piano is in a triplet. Where do you line up with it? You know, knowing your music that intimately, of course, knowing your translations, you know what every single word we, we, most people know that. Um, And then doing it separately. One of the ways that I, um, of course, I start with the text translations. Mm -hmm. If I were doing things well, you would start preparing them as monologues and things um ideally you should know your text as a as a monologue in english Mm -hmm. and also in the language yeah um and then learning the notes Mm -hmm. separately and then working on the rhythm separately actually the rhythm should come before the notes but alas yeah Yeah, you know doing the things separately that therefore when they come together you are just the master of knowing all of these things and feeling really confident about your preparedness mm-hmm. and there's no conductor and there and you know the, so many of the conductors you don't know how they're going to give it to you but when you know the rhythms that clearly like this is over a triplet, week we are in two right now it helps you when you get to that point that you were just talking about where <laughs> you get a piece super last minute but you have the tools to go through them very quickly Yes, yeah.
0: Well, and then you can be more, hmm, what's the word I want to say here? More, maybe more flexible with different styles of conductors or right. other performers because you know your your piece, you know the music so well, especially, right. I think singers get a really bad rap for, for rhythmic accuracy. And right. so especially bringing that to the table is huge, right? The better you are, like with ry- rhythmic accuracy, the easier it is to work with all different types of people, you know, in all of our, it, across our field, you know. For, for. Yeah. And you will be beloved. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you will get hired many times. <laughs> <laughs> Rayanne, I'm wondering one of the things that I like to talk about a lot and write about is i i do these series where we talk about micro actions where we try to break things down into like what's the smallest unit of a task that kind of makes you feel like you're moving things forward in your professional career and so mm-hmm. instead of saying like write the grant it's like oh i'm going to i'm going to be very clear about the budget like what's the budget for this project or i'm going to write the narrative you know breaking down these things into micro actions, I'm so curious if you can tell me about uh, like a micro action that's been meaningful to you in your career, or, you know, something that you that could be currently could have been through your kind of academic training time, if there's Mm -hmm. one that jumps to mind for you.
1: Um I mean i'm a micro action right now I'm trying to learn a composer
0: yeah, how's so that
1: going <laughs> it, It'll be fine by yeah. by the first day of rehearsal it'll be great it'll be great by then <laughs>
0: it'll be great't
1: <laughs> do mind that it's in such a, a
0: great such a great role to like totally
1: <laughs> it is I just got to the pretty music and I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> everything before that is rest and it's it's been a journey <laughs> but anyway um so I mean I've just been I've had a a job of setting a certain amount of page numbers that I'm gonna do every day mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and if I get through those pages then it's a successful day you yeah. know and it's, it's not a huge amount of pages but but that small if I if I do this small amount I will be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, You talked about um, in performances, having all of these different things. I always set one goal Mm -hmm. for a performance. And if I, well, maybe two, maybe two. Mm -hmm. I have one technical goal always. And then I have to be committed Mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm always very specific about if I take a breath that like goes down to my feet, it's a and and i say what i mean then it's a successful performance. Yeah. Um if my student get like has better intonation then it's a success. So so i don't know that i have one overarching one but i always try to have like one or maximum two goals because yeah. otherwise you just like go insane. You're right. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Just, well and i think
0: that's kind of you know just breaking things down, no so you don't get overwhelmed, and I think that's a big part of why I, you know why I like these micro actions, but it's really about there's so much about being an artist that feels like you have to do all these things, right, you know mentors, teachers, professors, people in your life that are giving you, oh, you have to learn these roles and do these things and apply for these programs and these competitions and and all of this stuff, and you have to think about languages and character and interpretation, all of these things to be an artist. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just need to kind of break those things down. What's the thing that I can focus on right now, you know, and really bring your best self to that because it all accumulates. That's my opinion at least. (laughs) So
1: 1000% and and actually this is um, something I've been doing quite a bit of thought about lately. I have a big problem with procrastination um and that's that's just a lifelong struggle um but this summer not this summer like a, a month ago i read um eat that frog yes oh my gosh yes <laughs> it was just wonderful and and gave me such clarity because now mm. the whole one of the biggest points of it is that you eat your ugliest nastiest frog that's gonna give you the most benefit in the future yeah first. And that's Can like we talk
0: a, about what the frog might mean in this case?
1: It, like, tasks. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, so you do the the biggest most important task. Like for instance, if you're a senior Mm -hmm. and your teacher is telling you you need to do this you need to do languages you need to work on this you have that blah 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 blah. but the thing that's going to cost that's going to give you the biggest benefit is applying for grad schools Mm -hmm. then that's what you do first Mm -hmm. that's what the priority is that's what the biggest frog is so so therefore if you went through your day and you did all the tiny things Mm -hmm. that people are saying to do but you didn't apply for your grad schools like nothing doesn't move it doesn't move it forward so So (laughs) I was
0: literally just talking about eating the frogs the other day because of this feeling of like you got you got a thing hanging over your head and you're like I gotta do that I gotta get to that and even if you do it the last thing of the day you're like oh gosh I've been putting this off (laughs) like and if you just eat the frog first right you can move on to other things and you feel maybe psychologically freer you know?
1: absolutely absolutely
0: uh okay Ryan, tell me about a frog tell me about a frog recently like what's something ah. that you had to
1: like <laughs> i mean this this has been my frog this composer and we yeah. just did last week we did a gala that i sang um lady macbeth and uh like la luce Langue, just one of the arias which was my it was my first time tank tackling this you know, this fierce lady. Um, yeah. And then d'amour l'ardente flamme from yeah. uh, Damnation of forced. <laughs> forced. <Yeah. laughs> Um So learning those two were my frog. Because yeah. that's what had to happen right now. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter if I worked on a million other things, if I did not learn those two things, and people heard me like not do well in those two fumbling
0: through you know
1: even if it's great still a little bit of that uncertainty (laughs) right so those were definitely in my frogs I did really well on like uh on focusing on that first frog which was the Uh arias and 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 didn't do as well on the second frog like I do really well with one thing like I throw everything at that one thing (laughs) But I'm learning now how to multitask and mm-hmm. maybe do frog number one and number two. <laughs> so, like you're talking about something that I'm just working on. I have yeah. not figured it out by, by
0: and, any means. We just choose it. You got to keep. I mean, I don't think they ever go away. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be working on new, new things or stretching right. ourselves or growing. Right and right. so that just means that frogs are always going to be there <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah and so yeah that's that's I guess the real like trade-off right get the frogs but hopefully the rewards
1: of doing that <laughs> okay. we'll see we'll see okay. I'm, I'm trying to balance eating the frog And also I got this app called the fabulous app. Have you ever heard of it?
0: I have not, but I'm (laughs) going to. It's pretty
1: fabulous. (laughs) But, um, in general, I'm, I'm an artist and like uh, as many of you are, and I don't necessarily have structure in my life. And I kind of wake up and like, whenever I feel like waking up and then I you know, walk my dog whenever she's like, oh, "Let's go." Then, you know, <laughs> I'm very responsive with things, and so with the app, it has you just have a very simple start, like just drink water, yeah. and for three days, you just just drink water when you wake up, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they go through and add different things, and it's it's very wonderful for me because like uh, I'm a words of affirmation person. Yeah, I don't know if you know the love languages. Oh, for sure. So they do such a nice job with it because whenever you just like do your simple thing of just drink water, they're like, ta-na-na, ta-na-na, ta-na-na. <laughs> I did. I
0: did. <laughs> like, see, that's totally it, right? Okay. See, I'm very into this. Thank you for bringing this into my life. Obviously, fabulous app is an app full of micro actions, just like drink some water, like drink great. Better at this thing. <laughs>
1: Literally, literally I'm So here for it. <laughs> yeah. It's really lovely. I recommend, I recommend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Ryan. I'm wondering if you would talk to me a little bit about repertoire next. And I love to kind of go kind of backwards and forwards with this conversation or this part. And I want to know about something that you've sung in the past that was really meaningful to you. And then the second side or the forward side is something that's like on the wish list. So can we start with, you know, this was a really meaningful role piece, something, you know, repertoire that was really meaningful to you that you've performed. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I think one of the most special pieces that I've ever done was um, Sanctuary Road, Mm. which is by uh, Paul Moravec. And Mark Campbell wrote the libretto, mm-hmm. uh, but it tells the story of William Still, mm-hmm. who was uh, very instrumental during the slavery days in America, and he wrote down the stories. Not to be confused with William Grant Still, the composer, of course. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> A very good distinction. <laughs> yeah,
1: very, very necessary. Like literally, like publications have been put out with the wrong picture oh. on. <laughs> but anyway neither here nor there (laughs) um so he was he was instrumental in writing down the stories of slaves who had escaped and so a lot of the narratives that we have today are because of his documentation and so they took different stories that he had told that he had um transcribed and dramatized them And we performed it as an oratorio with the Oratorio Society in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was my Carnegie Hall debut. And it was like just such powerful, emotional music. And, you know, just a big moment just to be at Carnegie, a big moment to like have the honor of telling these incredible human beings story. Um, And, and they ended up making a recording of it, Love which it. was cool because then it's like my first CD ever. Yeah, right. And now it's Grammy nominated. Congratulations! <laughs> so it's like, That's thank huge. You. Yeah, yeah it, it was very exciting. So, so that was that was a huge moment, and it was all just from like one moment, which yeah. is you know handling the micro action of just breathing and don't take flight
0: <laughs> don't take flight <laughs> find find your non aggressive fight <laughs> right.
1: correct correct well
0: yeah. I, I you don't have to tell me this part, but i'm wondering if you if you know maybe how that how that opportunity came into your life you know were were you close was this like through your agent, close to the composer was it a- cl- like collaborative thing, community thing something something like that. Um,
1: so it was, it came to me through my agent, mm-hmm. but I knew Kent Tridal, mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's over the Oratorio Society. I sang a or two with him when I was in school at MSM. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he knew me already from then, mm-hmm. and we, we already had a good relationship. And then maybe, I, I don't know if he asked for me or if he was asking my agent for people, but yeah. then it you know it's always it's always a few things that have to come together for for every opportunity
0: yeah well and I think you see why I'm asking too yeah. and I like to talk more clearly about or you know just have conversations about it's important for us to have those experiences have positive experiences when you were singing the all or two staying connected and you don't know if necessarily if Kent was saying, oh, I definitely want Rayanne, or if they were just saying, oh, yeah, I do remember Rayanne. Yeah, let's have her. Like, she sounds fabulous. Like, let's do this, you know, and but I think having all of those various people in your life, right, Mm -hmm. building positive experiences together, right, having your work out there in the world so that they can say, oh, yeah, would love to work with her again, right, are some of the things that I, like to point out in those situations is that you know you're always building in that yeah. way and yeah. building through community building through works and projects and things like that yeah. and then those compounding things that like comes together and you're singing at Carnegie you're having a re- like a recording you get to work on this like really incredibly meaningful piece you know all of that stuff comes together
1: right I'll I'll finish one of the stories that I kind of started earlier. Yeah. When I said I did a competition in Istanbul, which, mind you, is super random. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you but mean? I, that's not the hotbed of like operatic competitions these days.
1: <laughs> literally, I I I ran I, every morning. I would wake up at six a.m. and look up what had been posted on the app tracker. Yeah. That night at midnight and so I looked at every competition that was happening that I could get to in Europe within those four months and then yeah. so Istanbul was like not insanely expensive to get to so I yeah. so I did that one and again the intendant from that competition was on the panel yeah. nothing came of it yeah. I actually didn't even know that yeah. but uh, a year later um, I did another competition on a cruise ship Also super random. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Also super random. But therefore I was kind of in Europe again and uh, asked one of the agents who heard me in the competition that I did the year before in Vienna Mm -hmm. to set up an audition trip for me. And (laughs) she was like, totally, I'm going to set up a whole tour. I got there. There was nothing planned. There was nothing
0: (sighs) Oh, that was so <laughs> stressful. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, like, sat in a hotel room in Italy, like, so... <laughs> anyway, she came through with one audition.
0: Okay. And
1: it was in Antwerp uh, for Opera Ballet Vlaanderen. Yeah. And on the stage, uh, I saw jean Minette Sillier, who was working at that opera house who I happened to have coached with while I was at MSM. So she knew me, which just makes it a whole small world. Also the intendant knew me from the competition before. And I had no idea that any of those two experiences would be beneficial in the future. Mm -hmm. But if I had not been going to my coachings prepared and like, and being a quick learner and trying to incorporate the things that she was saying as a coach when I was at MSM she wouldn't have been able to fight for me when we got to that audition yep and she properly had to fight for me because I le- I sang my audition yeah. and then uh, left the stage and went back to my dressing room and I could still hear over the speakers what was happening
0: oh my gosh and- that's
1: stressful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they forgot to turn that down. <laughs> Hot mics, everybody. Hot mics. <laughs> and so, literally, the artistic director asked Jean Manette, like, what do you think of her? Yeah, yeah. And so she was like, yeah, she's a, she's a hard worker. She does her thing. She shows up. She she, she does a, uh, whatever. And he was like, well, I have these concerns about the technique, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, but she sounds a million times better than when I heard her two years ago. And therefore that means she's working. And that means she's growing. And what... So you never know who's gonna fight for you yeah. <laughs> and who you will need to fight yeah. for you in in when it comes to these big opportunities. Because that's the thing about the career is, it's so heavily about connections Mm -hmm. and so you always have to be constantly building new connections and also investing in old connections and also just whenever you have an opportunity big or small like doing your best Mm -hmm. because you never know when that person is going to show up for you in a big way and have an opportunity to do that or to like shut it down
0: (laughs) yeah well and the people that you work with like around you that are going through your cohorts too you never know where we're going to end up in in the world right (laughs) who's going to be in decision making positions and then suddenly that person that you used to grab drinks with in like like grad school (laughs) is running the company and you're like
1: okay, hi. (laughs) You're that person that you used to talk trash about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That is real. That is real. I have several classmates that are running companies right now.
0: Right. And I think I just love to to have that conversation. I hear sometimes people in various facets of music life being like, it's all about who you know in this somewhat derogatory way. And Mm. I... I I always wanna change that around just a little bit and be like, well, we are in community together. Like we all work together. We are in relation to one another and opera music in general is a collaborative art. Mm-hmm. We have to be together to make this happen in mm-hmm. so many ways. And so I like talking about those moments and being like, see how these things it maybe, maybe I didn't win that competition but that person saw me there connected again with me later and right. that was a benefit to them seeing me again the second time, right. not in a negative way, but just in a way where we are working together in this field, mm-hmm. and more regularly they see me, they're going to associate me with being a professional here. And so, right. I so I, I appreciate kind of like laying out some of those various you know six degrees of things, just because it's real, and yeah. and I I like to push back against that like. That it's a negative thing. we're not out here being lone geniuses, lone wolves on the planes, like about about things, so yeah,
1: I will say though that I mean, just uh, inequities cause so many barriers. Yes, and yes. sometimes when you can't even make those connections to get into the world, that is six degrees of yes. <laughs> separation, it can be very difficult and for people who are um working with that uh, mm-hmm. uh experience, mm-hmm. I will say that I've found Europe to be much uh friendlier and mm. talent-driven yeah. than America. Interesting. Because America is so focused on pedigree. Oh, and yeah. And so many of the competitions, like it's very difficult to place if you didn't come from certain schools and you didn't have certain mm-hmm. people to write recommendation letters to even get auditions. That's mm-hmm. a real thing in America. And I yeah. will say that when I came to Europe with nobody knowing who I was, at all Mm -hmm. and heard me sing and they're like she's talented let's Mm -hmm. hire her yeah and that doesn't happen as much in america so i will say one of the benefits of the european system versus america
0: yeah i'm wondering would you suggest that to kind of change that a little bit and dismantle some of those barriers is if we are in decision making positions for things like competitions or whatnot that we that we specifically take out some of that pedigree information
1: as part of the applicants? I think that needs to be part of the conversation very strongly, very strongly because you should be able to hear a voice and say, is that, is that a good voice? Is that, you know, somebody that needs work, especially for the schools where you need to be investing in that singer. Is that a voice that we can invest in Mm -hmm. who will in the future be our Madame Butterfly and our Atellos that were having such difficulty casting. But if we just focused younger yep. on, on getting these diverse talents and investing in them, the whole career, the whole industry would benefit. So I think that's a brilliant idea, getting rid of them in that way. That would go a long ways towards um, righting some of those wrongs. But some of that I don't know how that's going to go away I've been in a competition before where um, uh, first place second place and third place all had teachers on on the jury
0: (laughs) that's okay as much as like I don't want to like prevent people from like you know singing in those competitions but also that's you can't oh man you can't no that's we need to just be a little bit more aware (laughs) like just even just slightly people (laughs) but I I hear that and one of the things that I'm thinking about in that regard is that uh, sometimes we feel like we we individually don't have the ability to make changes like that but I I want to keep impressing upon like wherever you are whatever you places you have any sort of decision-making power you have the ability to make it more equitable and so if you are running a competition at a community music school or something these are things that you can think about if you are teaching at a school if you're you know if you are like whatever parts of this if you run a festival you have the ability to look at you know who's who's applying how am i making sure that i'm living my values through the work that we're doing mm-hmm. and it, it it does it requires
1: you know personal commitment that way so 1 1000% 1, and i mean this is the beautiful conversation that's been happening within the last yeah. 6 months is like how can we use our power yeah. um, for good and we all have some power, you know mm-hmm. some of us some obviously have more, big, greater power or bigger power, but we all have some power, and so mm-hmm. I agree with you one thousand percent
0: well, thank you for agreeing.
1: <laughs> we are solving it, great right? no. <laughs> more power <laughs> that's okay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> just having these conversations you know that's important and making sure that people know that we're open to having those conversations as part of it yeah. too, I think so I agree but, and,
1: yeah oh well, no, no I, I will say though that young people in this time have been taking more power than they were yeah. than they knew that they had before mm-hmm. you know nowadays this uh yak tracker they make demands, and yeah. companies are listening and being like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't mean to upset you guys." And and <laughs> we knew that we had that power before, um, you know. But when people get together and have these conversations about what equity looks like and what you know, what is the the the, the what are the benefits of creating equitable? equitable communities in our in our art form yeah. we have power we have and power. We can mm-hmm. always create more power when we use our creativity and we work together
0: yes oh my gosh soundbite right <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> love it <laughs> would you be willing to tell me a little bit about a a dream rep piece you know coming back to our repertoire question yeah what's Um, what's in the future
1: (laughs) i'm I'm waiting for my omneris man yeah
0: (laughs) you're like i am putting that in the universe
1: (laughs) like people keep being like so like can you and then it doesn't work out or like So even now there's like a potential one, but I just, I I need to like, I need to have it in writing. I need it to happen.
0: Yes. You're (laughs) like, let's
1: sign those contracts. (laughs) And and that that hasn't quite happened yet. So I would say I'm there to go down the Verity list. Um, I uh, have my first, I I did my first eboli last year. I have my first Azucena coming up. uh, Oh my gosh and so oh, I'm I just would, like I would, I would melt <laughs>
0: <laughs> where is your you said your Azucena is coming up yeah when where is that going to be uh
1: I can't see I can't share that I can't one um, okay. gotcha. I can't share that one but after that there are two more um one at LA Opera Ooh, and okay. then uh, one in Nuremberg in Germany yeah. so I literally have like six months of Azucena coming up which I've never had in my life because when you're young you're always learning new stuff whatever yes. it is you've never done it. <laughs> you're just like a role learning machine <laughs> right. right so that'll be nice to just like know my music for a good six months and like really be able to invest in stuff coming up yeah.
0: <laughs> really get to live with a character yeah, I was gonna ask that about Omneris. Like what can you tell me a little bit about like what draws you to her as a character? Like musically, character wise, you know, anything like that.
1: Mm. I mean it's just it's just it's just the power. I'm just yeah. power hungry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Want to boss around some sopranos <gasps> and yell at them and like I remember one of the first times I heard it live I was uh I think I was at Houston Grant and Dolores Zajic was singing and literally like you were like pinned to your seat yeah. with her
0: sound. Yes, yes.
1: Which, like, knows,
0: wow
1: <laughs> We have we have not the same voice and I have nowhere close to her decibels but just being involved I love Verdi because he gives us so he gives us beauty but he gives us power Mm -hmm. and and that's why I love him and I'm excited about that role
0: oh my gosh I'm well I'm excited for you (laughs) and this this kind of brings me to the end of our conversation and before I go I always talk to my guests about I I find you know the curiosity to be very powerful right so the power of curiosity is really meaningful to me and I so I always like to end with you know what's something that you're curious about these days and it can be music related or it can really be anything underwater basket weaving I don't it does it can be whatever is kind of filling you up and giving you that sense of like I just want to learn more
1: yeah yeah I mean I'm 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 striving really hard right now to learn everything I can about uh equity diversity EDI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> equity yeah. Diversity, and inclusion. Um so my audible <laughs> book is like anything <laughs> that's related to that and also just trying to get more organized like I told you about like eat that frog and Yeah. The power of positive thinking and and all of these like just trying yeah. to like I'm trying to I'm I've I've always been a super hard worker but it has always gone like into the art Mm -hmm. and now I kind of need to get the rest of my life together this like newly necessary admin side
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of a
1: sudden you know uh being a part of Black Opera Alliance there's Mm -hmm. a whole set of tools that I need to build yeah um and then also just for myself I've always needed to get my organizational life just on a different level
0: so so those are like so you're bringing it in you're bringing it into your life yeah well, can you I mean it doesn't have to be super in-depth or anything but maybe a couple of the administrative things that you're you're bringing into your life especially because of Black Opera Alliance or are there any of those things that you can share
1: um well right now we're, as as I told you, we're rolling out this new marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited to move things towards like, it's a very different set of tools that's necessary to have your personal social media mm-hmm. and to create something that is the voice of an organization. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the ways that I'm one of the arenas that I'm learning most and exploring most. And and very grateful for really knowledgeable people that are guiding that guidance and that growth. Um, but there's so many, like all of a sudden I found myself, uh, writing press releases and, and, and being in meetings with CEOs and things and, and learning about power dynamics. I mean, that's such a real thing. It's so real. <laughs> you know, i naturally I'm 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 not such a talkative person which probably you can't tell by this conversation but
0: <laughs> well, I'm I mean, glad that you came and talked like I that I got you to talk to me all the time <laughs> I mean
1: like I I am an introvert but I am an introvert that has trained to be an extrovert aka an opera singer yes <laughs> so um but one of the things that I learned in these meetings is that you have to you have to speak like by staying quiet you give up your power mm-hmm. and as a black woman who is like one of the most marginalized uh people naturally it people find it the easiest to make us invisible mm-hmm. and and it, and it's nothing personal about any of these companies it's just how human privilege works yep. yeah. <laughs> well in general that's okay. how it works it just
0: it, it, and then you're seeing it in that moment where you're like you're seeing it play out you know right. unconscious biases that kind right. of thing you know like right. of course this person doesn't mean this but at the same time you're like hey right. i need you to pay attention to this right <laughs>
1: and so right so literally one of the things i've been working on is just like speaking more mm-hmm. and especially when i uh I, and therefore which is why i have to so much catch up to do so that i have really uh necessary things to say there's i i'll tell you very randomly about a random game i play on a daily basis um i play sidewalk chicken oh my gosh <laughs> every day every day I oh, I heard I this it. interview on npr uh, a few years ago about how women and people of color are are trained from birth to give space yeah. you know mm-hmm. and 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 so i will not move so i like almost bump into white men on a daily basis yeah I'm yeah i like, well, move because i'm coming yep yeah, <laughs> yep and you know
0: just becoming well, i think when you make those choices and you say right. i'm speaking or i want you to recognize me in this right. space like s- physically in this space right is And it can be hard at first, right? When you're making those choices and you're like, I'm not going to move out of your way. I would imagine that that you had some feelings where you're like, these people are bumping into me.
1: (laughs) Well, it's terrifying because you're literally breaking all of the rules that you've been taught your whole life. And nobody's ever taught you those rules like out loud. Just life has taught you that this is your place. And when you're like, I don't accept that, I'm here.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, And I would... I'm curious if you feel this way, because I think that at, in singer education, like vo- like vocal training, there's, we also get a lot of that information. There's, you know, about who you are and how you get to be in a room, you know, yes. what you're allowed to say and not to say, and kind of going back to some of that stuff that we were talking about at the very beginning, if you're not wearing the right thing, and right. some of that is like what you are, how you're allowed to be in the space, what color your hair can be, you know, what, like, you know, you can't oh my gosh, the jewel wrap dress of all things, you know, those, those kinds of things, but really there are those layers that especially through singer education might even marginalize people more because of the way that we teach them to be in those spaces. Um, Those Mm -hmm. are things that I'm, Mm -hmm. that I'm considering, and I do want to have those conversations just to say like, that might have been part of our training and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to make yourself smaller or bland or invisible unopinionated to be in the space.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So I'm right. really glad that that's like that's something that you're bringing into your life too and just being like I'm committed to this.
1: Yes. Yes. I will say COVID has made it slightly harder. Yeah. Because <laughs> I also want <laughs> So so there oh, so, oh, yeah. That yeah. That 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 makes me upset. Yeah. Because then sometimes I have to like move because people are like, oh I'm like not wearing their mask <laughs> I, like I don't want COVID, but I don't want to give up my power. <laughs> You're like, this is a catch twenty-two if
0: I've ever <laughs> like, How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, Raeann, I am so here for you, standing in your power. I am 100% a massive fan of yours. And so thank you so, so much for spending time with me today. And while, you've, you know, while you're preparing this role, while you're doing all of this work in Belgium, and this has been a sincere pleasure. So from myself and from our masterclass on studio class listeners, thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at MezzoEnen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening! I'm oh, be